0: This This is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Liv Oaf. Today on the Second Story Podcast, we're kicking off our pride celebration early. This is a story that celebrates pride on multiple levels, about being proud of who we are and what we do. Second Story is proud to present, I'm Eaton. The biologist is standing in the doorway. She's beautiful, naked. And she has snacks. This is not the start of a fantasy. It's almost midnight and we're in the middle of a good date. Maybe a great date because the biologist, for the record, yes, I refer to all my romantic interests by their profession. See, the anthropologist, the bartender, the flight attendant. Anyway, she had prepared an entire charcuterie selection. Slices of fruit, dried berries, a few different cheeses, multiple cuts of meat, and almonds for that crunchy textural component. She had even plated it on a slate, fanning out the melon. In that moment, I felt seen. This woman knew something essential about me. If you want me to keep having sex after the first few rounds, give me snacks salty, and savory, and of course, hydration is key. I set aside the article on public housing and public health in Chicago that we had been discussing before sex, and pulled her towards the nest of sheets I created while she was in her kitchen. A few kisses later, we settled the slate between us and continued poking at the author's work her bringing all her grad school and years working in epidemiology knowledge, and me using my formerly pre-med, currently artist brain. Like I said, great date. Nerdy and sexy, and y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That feeling when you're on a date with someone whose mind is like yours and who is also gorgeous and everything is just clicking. And you know there are several more dates just like this one waiting for you. And did I mention the snacks? (laughs) The biologist was carefully layering a slice of prosciutto onto a piece of cantaloupe when she said, You should have been a doctor or gone to grad school. I tilted my head, waiting for the punchline. After all, she knew how much I had sacrificed by not making that exact choice. My place in my family, financial stability. She didn't say anything, so I laughed to diffuse my tension. You sound like my mother, I said. I'm serious. You could do so much with your mind. The word more that, followed so, that would have followed so much was deafening. I didn't want to be a doctor and that would have been a disservice to my patients, I said. The sentence is wrote for me by now from years of repeating it to every disappointed family member or confused colleague who wondered why I had given up a dream I allegedly had since I was four. The same people who so often forget that I've been a storyteller since that age too. She spouted off different degree paths, then said, you're so smart, you could be helping people, not just entertaining them. I am helping people, I said. I felt defensive as I repeated my usual first date spiel, the same thing I had said to her just three months ago about queer outreach work I do and how I believe in the powers of stories and empathy. She didn't even acknowledge me. Don't you think you're wasting your potential? The moment she said it, I saw a look cross her face, but instead of backpedaling, she dug herself a deeper hole. I don't know, maybe I don't get it, but you're the first person I've dated who isn't in health or the sciences who still reads so much about it. You care about it, and you're just making art. So much for that great date. (laughs) There was a long pause. I felt exposed and raw, so I let the silence hang between us. I shifted further away from her, already checking where all my things were in case I needed to make an exit. Haven't you ever thought about going back to school? Her finger stretched out to caress my forearm. Irritated that she was trying physical affection, I moved out of reach, grabbing my wine instead. Why is this coming up now? You never cared before. She bit her lip. It's just, I don't know if I can, I didn't know that it would matter to me that you're, I filled in the blank, just a writer, just an actor. Yes, I mean, no. Would you think about it though? Going back to school, I think it'd be easier for us. I stared at her. What was this us? Was that what this was really about? The fancy food, the pressure, was this the talk? For the record, if you want my commitment-phobic ass to get more serious with you, this is the absolute wrong way to do it. (laughs) Finally, I said, if I asked you to leave school for me, what would you say? Why would you ask me? I'm doing something worth... Thank you. She cut herself off. That was it. She didn't value my work. I could see how much this was bothering her, how clearly the plans for our evening had gone astray, but I didn't care. I needed to leave. I untangled myself from the sheets and grabbed my bra from the floor. And okay, let's be clear. I have thought about this, a lot. The balance between directly working on policy versus pursuing an artistic career that brings me joy. And sometimes I do wonder if I make an impact. The biologist said, I don't know if I can be with you and just sit here while you. I pulled my dress over my head while I what? Find happiness, create meaningful work? I shook my head. You want me to change my career or to what? End things? You don't have the right to ask that of me. I don't think this is going to work, she said. I grabbed my bag and my phone, me either. When I turned around, I saw her in the center of the bed, the sheets twisted in her arms against her chest, her face a mixture of confusion and sadness. She opened her mouth, and I leaned against her doorframe. Maybe the woman who told me that she had been enraptured by the video she found of me performing, the woman who told me that my stories were witty, that they made her cry and laugh the woman who had shared those very same stories with her friends to show me off, maybe she would come back. She said, are you really leaving? I nodded. Here was her chance. If she wanted there to be an us for this story to continue, she should want the artist, the me she had chosen, not some imaginary me I would never be. She sighed and said, will you at least think about what I said? I was quiet, but here's what I should have said, what I wish I had said. No, I won't think about it. I've made that choice already. And no, I don't save people's lives in the ER, but my art, my stories heal. They connect people. They make people brave. Ask me about the woman who came out in her 30s and proposed to her now wife because of one of my stories. Ask me about every message of hope and fear from a queer youth of color feels like. Ask me about the way my heart feels when I can be, for someone else, the person I needed when I was 15. Ask me about that. This story was produced by Ali Drum, curated by Amanda Delheimer, directed by Reshmi Hazar Rustabaki, and music and sound design by Michele Fixel and Shane Longben. The Second Story podcast is produced by me, O. Second Story is supported by the MacArthur Fund for Art and Culture at the Retreat Streehouse Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a city arts grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, our 2018 to 2019 season sponsor, Skadden, Arp, Slate, Meager, and Flom, and many generous individuals like you. I'm O. This, this is the Second, second Story podcast.